And hello to you out there. Len Tillum here. I know. Thank you. You figured it out. You're listening to me on iTunes or you're listening through the web at lentillum.com. Somehow you downloaded it. Help some people do it. If, if there are people you know who have computers, who doesn't have computers now or smartphones, I mean, you just go to iTunes. Soon we're going to have a Len Tillum app, too. I mean, it's all coming. We're figuring it out. We're starting out fresh here. I don't have phone lines, so we're taking calls that we used before, KGO days, KKSF. They're fresh. The law is up-to-date and topical, and it's the best I can do. When the phones come in, we'll get live calls, but just pretend it's live. It, it, you haven't heard them, and if you did, you don't remember them anyway. So here comes a show. How do you like it? No commercials. Really zippy. Len Tillum. We're going to begin right now. How come you're calling a lawyer? Here we go. Vicky in Milpitas, Len Tillam, News Talk 910. Vicky, why are you calling a lawyer? Hello, I'm calling a lawyer because my grandmother died in January of 2012, and uh, she told my brother and I that we would be um, receiving, we're the beneficiaries of an, a VA insurance policy from my grandfather. Um, and she has one son who's my father, who I haven't really seen or spoken to since I was about 10. How old and, are you now? Uh, 43. Oh, my goodness. Please go on. Yeah, the VA contacted us through him, through his address, because that's the address they had, and he mm-hmm. forwarded us a letter. But the VA will not pretty much discuss it with us or pay us out. They're willing to pay the trust. Well, now, wait, I, let me interrupt you. Uh-huh. That means that the life insurance policy, um, your grandfather or whoever, was it your grandfather had the yes. life in- grandfather had with the VA, yes. lists the beneficiary as his trust, not you or you and your brother. We're listed as the beneficiaries on the form that they sent us. There's three policies, and one of the policies is supposed to go to us. Well, if you're listed as a beneficiary with the VA, it's a life insurance company with a life insurance policy. Uh-huh. All you have to do is show them your grandfather's death certificate, and they'll give you the money. I don't understand why they're saying to you, we have to pay it to the trust. That's weird. The VA policy yeah, should have paid out after your grandfather's death to the beneficiaries named in the policy. I agree, but they won't, and they will only pay it out to the trust, and I can't, my father won't talk to us, and I, his lawyer told us that he was told not to talk to us either, so I can't get a copy of the trust, and I believe I'm a beneficiary of the trust, but I can't get a copy of it to find out. Where does your father live? Palo Alto. Where did your grandmother die? What county? And what county is that? Same county? Santa Clara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everybody, this is why it's so important to pick a good trustee. You know, you've got your father, you pick this guy, you want to give to your grandkids, you pick their father who hasn't seen his kids in 32 years, why yeah. pick him? Just because he's your oldest son? You know, I mean, he's not a good trustee and he's not being fair. Right. Um, I don't know whether, you know, your grandmother may or may not have named you as beneficiary in the trust. If your father as trustee is supposed to provide you and your brother notice of the trust, he is supposed to do it and give you a copy of the trust. If you're not a beneficiary, you're not entitled to a copy of the trust. Right. Um, But how do I find that out? You you have to hire a lawyer, write a threatening letter, and sue for a copy of the trust if he won't cough it up. Okay. You know, um, between you and me, if I represented your father and the trust left it all to him, I was, let's say I was your father's lawyer, I'd be happy to give you a copy of everything to Uh prove you're entitled to nothing. It's a lot cheaper for the trust for him, too. I'm pretty um, sure he's entitled to everything. Aside, he has two other children, and I'm pretty sure he's entitled to everything aside from what she left. Well, the fact that he won't us. give you a copy of the trust implies that you're supposed to get some money from the trust, uh-huh. and he's trying to keep it from you. That's what I think, too. So um, you're going to have to get a lawyer to write a nasty letter. Okay. That's what you've got to do, you know, and, and, and get a copy of the trust. 
Because as benef- if we are beneficiaries, we're entitled to a copy, right? Yes. If, if, okay. But wait a second. Here's what I don't understand. You told me you've seen the policy, and it says you and your brother are the beneficiaries. Yeah, that's what it said. It was written, the letter was addressed to my brother at my father's address, and it says this is paid out to us. There's three policies. Does your father get along with your brother? Does your brother no, get along? he doesn't speak to any of us. So how did you get that letter? He forwarded it to you? He forwarded it to us, but then that was it. He won't speak to us. He hasn't spoken to us. He just forwarded the letter, but won't help us at all. What a weird guy. No wonder you I haven't agree. spoken to him in 42 <laughs> years. Yeah, really? He agree. just left you, left your mom and family? Did he support you? My grandfather paid the child support for him. What is he doing now, that dog? He's a, a postman. Right. Mailman. And how was he, 62 himself, 70? How old is 60, the guy? Probably 66, 67. You're going to have to yeah. write him a lawyer's letter. And, and can you call the VA and say how come it is you sent us the letter, say we're entitled to money, and now you're telling us the trust? They may explain that to you. I've been that. I've called the VA numerous times over the past probably five months. And, and they, what do they tell you? Forget about they it? They give me the runaround, and they say we'll pay the trust. But and when you say why not to us, they won't explain that. No, and it, they've been passed along to different people, and I finally got somebody who still doesn't answer the question. Right, and they won't tell you who the beneficiary is. No, and he uh, he won't even consider paying us directly. He'll only pay the trust. And do they tell you how much the policy is for? They've given me differing amounts because I guess it, it depends on the day it's cashed out. And there's three separate policies that he had. So, uh, are you the beneficiary of one, two, or three of them, or you don't know, of course? My brother and I apparently are, from what I understand, beneficiaries of one. And uh, the one that you're the beneficiary of, how much is that going to pay out? I don't really know. I think it's around $10,000 to split between the two of us, but I really don't know. If All right. Fair. You know, when you go to a lawyer, you say, will you write a letter, and will you do this? You don't want to run up a $20,000 bill. You might right. say, you and your brother might say to a lawyer, look. It should just be a letter. Will you do this on a contingency? Give him a piece of what you collect. Because it can easily, when you're fighting with a trustee, run into thousands and thousands of dollars, and you're shelling out money to a lawyer on a policy you may or may not get. Right. So, and I don't even know how much it is. So you say to the lawyer, I'll give you a third. It gets your brother to agree. You'll give a third to you, a third to your brother, and a third to the lawyer. It might yeah, be. I don't think he would care either. My brother and I both just want to know, you know, we want to do what's right by my grandma, too, because she promised us that. Yeah, I'm just trying to save you money, that's all. Yeah, okay? I agree. All right. Good Thank luck. You. By the way, if you go to my webpage, lentillum.com, Rosie McNichol and I, a lawyer in my office, we work together. Uh-huh. I've done a lot. We do col- a column. It's in a lot of papers called Elder Advocate, and there's a number of articles on trustees and trustees' duties there. You'll see it there. Okay. lentillum.com. Remy in Oakland. Len Tillum, Remy. How come you're calling a lawyer? Well, um, I received a call yesterday that uh, my uncle had passed away and left me some money. And um, they checked a bit of information with me and found out that I was my mom's only son and that uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. So today they sent me a letter and today... The thing says that there's money in account, and they want 20% to go after it for me. Now, wait a second. How much is in the account? It said it's over $130,000, but they don't do anything less than 20000 and this one is more than 130000 So, So hold on one sec. Hold on one sec. There are these companies that are called air search companies, H-E-I-R. They search for heirs, and it's not that they go after it. They have found money. So let me let me ask you some questions. Your uncle, what's his first name? The dead one. Gary. Uncle Gary. He didn't have a wife or kids? No, he was mentally ill and locked up in a home most of his life. Okay, if he didn't have a wife and children, 
by and he didn't leave a will by intestate succession, his money would go to his brothers and sisters. How many brothers and sisters did he have? He had my mom and my uncle. Okay. Is your uncle still alive? He might be. He was in prison his whole life. Did he have children? He'd be, alive, but he'd be about 65 years old. No, he didn't. Okay. And your mom is gone, right? My mom uh, killed herself about 10, 12 years ago. Oh, my God. You're a survivor. The fact that you get up out of bed every day and function in the world, my compliments to you, you know? Really? <laughs> if you weren't such a survivor, you'd be in Napa State Hospital staring at a wall talking to yourself. Congratulations to you, Remy. Really? <laughs> no, I'm, you know what I'm talking about, right? You took one look at all that craziness around you and you said, this is not for me. I'm a survivor. I know it, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, congratulations. Okay. So these air search companies, you're entitled to this money if your uncle, what was his name? Gary Craig. Gary. I just, if Gary had it. So we looked, here's what happened. The, the, the California State Controller's Office handles this. And we did the search for you. David put your uncle's name, you told him the name, and he lived in Sacramento, right? I believe so. So we looked up your uncle on its uh, state controller's office, sco.ca.gov. There may be money for any of you out there. If you go to sco.ca.gov, you can look up the names. There are 23 men with your uncle's name who have unclaimed property in California. If you die with unclaimed property, like money in a bank or a $50 credit from Tiffany, whatever it is, they have to turn it over to the state controller's office. They can't keep it. And they try and find the owners. So the guy that with your uncle's name in Sacramento has a single dividend check of $19 that's unclaimed property. So I, I don't know what's going on. If this company is is on the level and has a way that you can inherit, uh, inherit $130,000 and you have no idea where that money might be, they're going to take 20% when they get it for you. Um, yeah. we, we also checked your uncle's name with the Sacramento County Superior Court webpage. Um, did you know... If your uncle was not competent, was his estate administered by a, a fiduciary, a professional fiduciary? Yes. Okay. So do you know who the fiduciary was? I don't. My, it was my grandfather before my grandfather got too old to handle it, and he hired a professional. You'd have to get a list from the court in Sacramento of all the professional fiduciaries and cold call every one of them asking for information of your uncle. Um. And your uncle died when? Well, they told me last year when the guy called yesterday. Right. You could look in the court files. You know, if he's got a professional fiduciary, he was under a conservatorship. You could call up the court in Sacramento. David, there'd be a conservatorship file on the uncle, right? You can call up the yeah. court in Sacramento, give him your uncle's name, and if he was under a conservatorship and the fiduciary was there, you can find out who he was. But if you can't find any information... A hundred, uh, you know, zero percent of one hundred and thirty thousand dollars is not as good as eighty percent of one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and by the way, David is telling me uh, we looked up. He looked it up. You can look up court things now. It's amazing. If there was a conservatorship, it's not in the record of the court, so there probably was no conservatorship. There's no court conservatorship record for your uncle on the web. So I would deal with this company and see if you can get some money out of it. Okay. 
So go ahead and sign the thing and let them take 20%? I guess. Why not? Where else are you going to get the money? He wasn't in any other counties that you know of, right? Did he have any rich relatives who died somewhere else and left him money? No. What would have happened was his uh, money that came in every month um, went to a conservator, and they paid his bills, and they didn't give him any extra spending money, so it probably just added up for the last But that was all in Sacramento County, right? You know, this is the last record I know of it was in Sacramento County. I haven't seen Gary for 15 years. Well, why don't you go to sco.ca.gov? You got, did you write that down, Arimi? Yes. S, uh, uh, get a pen. This is local radio. We'll wait for you to get a pen. Or else you can go to my webpage, lentillum.com, and listen to the podcast again. But it's sco.ca.gov. And type your uncle's name in unclaimed property, and you'll find it there. If you can't find anything, let them do it for you. Give them 20%. You'll at least get some money, and that's better than nothing. Jason in Fairfield. Len Tillum. News Talk 910. Jason, why are you calling a lawyer? I'm calling more for just uh, informational purposes and interested in your opinion. Okay. Uh, a couple months ago, I read an article in the paper that either it was a federal uh, court or it was the Supreme Court ruled that Cell phones are basically open for law enforcement to look into without a, a search warrant. Well, smartphones today, like the iPhone I'm talking to you on, come with the lock feature where I can lock it with a password. Right. It's on mine. You put four numbers in, you lock it, right? Exactly. At that point, if that mine, I'm, mine's locked and say I get pulled over for speeding or talking to you on the cell phone, and officer wants to look at my cell phone and it's locked, do I have to give him the password? Or is it now, since it is a locked case, so to speak, is it like a they need to get a search warrant kind of a thing now? Let's let's go through it. And by the way, this one also caused us to do research because there's no clear answer yet. This is a case where the law really hasn't been made or decided yet. Think about it. You know, the iPhone and these cell phones, these smartphones only came out a few years ago. And the courts really haven't decided it could go one of two ways. The first way, which would be good for you, you know, as a defendant, is the courts decide you have a Fifth Amendment right to silence, and therefore you cannot be forced to surrender your password. Right? That's one way. On the other hand, the courts could go the other direction, and they could decide the cell phone is like a paper notepad. If you were arrested and a paper notepad was in your possession, there's nothing preventing the cops from reading it. So if you're, by the way, if you're arrested for drunk driving and they impound your car, the cops can and will search every incident of the car in a search incident to an arrest. You know, if they want to search your car and they think there are drugs there, they'll find a reason to do it. So, Absolutely. First of all, the thing I would do if I were you, and all of you should do this, is if you got weird stuff or you're talking sexy to your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever you're doing there, or you got some weird pictures, you know, naked pictures, get rid of them. Get rid of all those, especially high school kids. Any high school kids listening right now, you know, you have tons of text messages. What do you, and the principal, does the principal care about the Constitution? You get in trouble in high school, he's going to look at all your, 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 your messages and you think they don't know what 410 means, you know, and one, you want to get stoned, you're talking about getting high and who's got pot. Get rid of those text messages off your phone, dummy up. Naked pictures of your boyfriend or girlfriend, get rid of them. So, if the cop asks you for your password and you say, oh, Fifth Amendment rights, the cop's going to get very upset. Who knows? Uh, my advice is you don't have to help the cops convict you. You don't have to tell them anything. Oh, it's 420, not 410. Thank you. It is. 420 is the other word for marijuana. 
I said 410. 420. So you know what I'm talking about, Jason? Absolutely. Wait, 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 let me ask you a question. What do you do for a living? Besides ask, you know, philosophical questions about the law. What do you do for a living? I'm inside sales rep. Okay. And is there really anything on your phone that could put you in jail? Anything weird? There's, there's absolutely nothing on my phone that can put me in jail. It's more of a government oversight kind of a thing, you know, I'm... See, I'm, I'm much different than you. I, you see, this is a philosophical thing. You want to stand your ground and the government's interfering with our lives and they can't do that. I understand that. But if a cop stops me and says, you know, and I'm trying to beat a speeding ticket or I want the cop to like me and he says, let me see your cell phone. There's nothing on my cell phone. If he wants to see it, he can see it. I'll show it to him. I'd like to cooperate because maybe that'll help me wheedle out of the ticket. But it's a different approach. You know, you get tough. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. So... My advice would be if there's nothing on your phone, give it to him. If you've got incriminating evidence on your phone, don't give it to him. And don't confess to crimes ever. You say, no, I have a right to do it. You're not getting it. If they want to get a search warrant, they may be able to get it. But don't give it to him if there's incriminating stuff on it. Got it, Jason? Sounds good. Thank you. Yes. And all of you out there, you don't need six months of text messages. So your mother could see it. Your wife could see it. Amelia, you're just going to get busted for it. You know what I'm talking about. Tracy. In Benicia, Len Tillum, how come you're calling a lawyer, Tracy? Hi, hi. Thank you for taking my call today. We are having some issues and we need some advice. Okay. Um, regarding homeowners association and taking us to small claims court for unpaid HOA fees. Now, when did you live in the condo? We lived in the condo for quite a few years. We lost it in the beginning of 2011. And when did you stop? paying the monthly homeowner association fees? December of 2010. Okay, so how much do they say you owe in back unpaid dues? And this is my main question for you. On the small claims summons, it says that the plaintiff claims the defendant owes $5,000. But then in letter A, right underneath that, it says that they will ask the judge for the amount above listed Plus, additional amounts accrued, estimated to be at, and it's left blank. My main question is, can they sue for more than $5,000 in small claims court? Yes, a small claims court now goes up to $15,000. That's how much you can sue in small claims court. That's the maximum. So, okay. Yeah, they can sue you for more than $5,000, but... Here, here's the thing. You're going to say, Your Honor, they didn't put an amount in. Let's go through it. First of all, even though you lost the home, was right. your husband's name on it or your name or both your names? Just his. Yeah. Not mine. It really, the only way he can get out of this debt is really to, to declare bankruptcy because that's about it. Okay. He was the owner of the condo until the lender completed the foreclosure process. So the uh, Right. And the owner is responsible to the association to pay the monthly HOA dues. So, um, yeah, they can put a lien on the property, but you don't own it anymore, and it doesn't stop they the association. They did put a lien on it. They did. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Another question. Okay, they put a lien on the property, but they, it doesn't stop them from suing your husband directly. Um, right. There really isn't a simple way out of this debt, um, other than the fact it's just dischargeable in bankruptcy. But when you go to court... They're going to say we owe these other monies. You can argue. What are they claiming? Dues and the costs of collection and things like that. Oh, and that's and that's what we're worried about. I mean, okay, our our homeowners association was three hundred dollars per month. Yeah, they have the date 
basically all of 2011, which is 12 months. Well, that that's 3,600. Where do they get five grand? So where plus more than five grand. So you say then look, have, you say look, the homeowners association dues with $300 a month. They're asking for $5,000. You're not allowed to get a turn. First of all, you're not allowed to have an attorney in small claims court, so there's no lawyer there. It's just going to be somebody on the board doing it. And you're not allowed to get attorney fees unless the homeowners association does the, the uh, you know, the covenants, conditions, and clauses, the CCNAs, uh, C- covenant conditions, CCNRs, covenants, clauses, and restrictions, CCNRs, do they say if we sue you, we can get attorney fees or other costs? You have to look at those things. They may. Okay. But I'm saying, look, this is what we owe. They're asking for more. I don't see how they're entitled to get it. They're not entitled. We'll make them prove how they're going to get it. You got it? Okay. But um, right. argue that. Much. Okay? Good luck to you, Tracy. Okay. okay. Thank you very much for taking my call. Have sure. A Michael in Sacramento. News Talk 910. Michael, why are you calling a lawyer? Hey, Len. Thanks for taking my call today. What's going on? Well, I got a letter from this uh, company called the Universal Recovery Corporation. Apparently, back in January, I bounced a check. I don't dispute that. I made a mistake in my account, and I bounced a check. I owe them $193. Well, mm-hmm. actually, I owe the, the place that I wrote the check to $193. I called them to try and make it right, and they said, well, we don't have that information anymore. We turned it over to this company. This collection agency. Yeah, yeah. okay. This company sent me a letter um, back in April... Um, and I found it today because I was going through my file cabinet, and I found this letter, and I called them, and they said that I owed them $856.06. Tell them to kiss your ass. You know, tell them to stick it where the sun don't shine. These collection agencies, these bloodsuckers. Let me tell you what's they, going on. Did they quote Civil Code Section 1719? They did. Yeah. All right, let, let me tell you what it is. They, they quote these laws. Civil Code Section 1719, all of you can Google it, Civil Code, California Civil Code Section 1719, is the bounced check law. They can sue you. They can sue you for the unpaid check. And the law says if they sue you and win, the damages are three times the amount of the check in punitive damages, punishment damages, up to $1,500 plus a service charge of $25. But... You're not subject to these penalties in a lawsuit if you can show that you canceled the check due to a good faith dispute. What happened with the check? How come? Did you cancel it or it bounced? It, it bounced, but I, ha- but I wrote it and I had the money and then I, and I screwed up on my account and then the money wasn't there. And, okay, so and you, know, it's, you, you made a mistake. You didn't do it on purpose. They're not going to get punitive damages. Uh, the, let, me, let me explain. Here's the other point. You should read Michael's California Civil Code Section 1719. These collection agencies send you these frightening letters, and they're nonsense. The letter doesn't mean you have to write them a check for what they want. In order for them to get, what, 800 bucks, they'd have to sue you to get that, and that costs a lot of money, right? So you call them up and say, look, you know, a-hole, look, you horses patoot. You know, really let them know what dogs they are. You want to settle this? I'll settle it with you. You don't want to settle it? Sue me. You know, are they going to sue you for $800? Offer to make the good check good. You know, and what was this about a certified letter? They said, they said that they sent me certified letters back in, I think, February and, and March, did and you, I didn't respond to them. Did you, get, did you get, wait a minute, when you get a certified letter, you sign for it. Did you ever sign for a certified letter? No, I never did. They said it was returned to them. Right, by the way, everybody listen to me. Listen to me. 
Never sign for a certified letter. Nobody's calling you up. If you're old as I am, you remember John Bass for Tipton? Somebody's going to give you a million dollars. That's a long time ago. You don't remember. But anyway, don't sign for no stinking certified letter. It's usually somebody trying to sue you. There's nothing good news for you to get in a certified letter. You don't have to sign for them. So I never got the certified letter. You might have sent it to the wrong address. I'll make the check good. You don't like it? Sue me. You're going to have to get a judgment for I'm going to give you $800. Okay? Really, and I just, it just gets me so upset that I'm urging you to be nasty to them. Sometimes you can be, you know, if you're nice to them, it may work, but usually they don't have a heart. You can't be nice to them. They're dogs. One of, Glenn? Yeah? Well, one of the things they said is that they can actually, they can actually ruin my credit and then, and then prevent me from writing checks to other businesses in town. Lie. What they can do, let me explain, is put a ding on your credit report. You got that? They can write you bounced a check. How old are you, Michael? I'm 42. What do you do for a living? Uh, I, I work in, uh, in in IT. Okay. You make a nice living, a decent living? I do, yeah. You own a house? Yeah, I do. You pay your mortgage on time? I do. You pay your credit cards on time? I do. You probably got a six or 700, 750 credit score. So if they put that you bounced a check, it'll go down a few points. Who cares? And you can argue with that. You know, if you go, I'll give you another website to go to. The Fair Credit Reporting Act. David, Fair Credit Reporting Act. That's the one, right? Yeah. You go to the Fair Credit Reporting Act, Google it, and those are the laws that say how you can dispute a ding on your credit record. You got that? They're, they're bluffing, they're lying, and you'd be a dope to send them $800. And if you do it, I'm going to come and kick your ass, too, because you're such a dope. You got it? All right. So If I were you, I'd worry more about me than the collection agency. That's all I got to say. How do you like that? Okay. All right. All right. Wait. Let's. I, you know, I'm. I'm yelling and screaming here, sounding like a total lunatic. <sighs> Take a breath. Let me do this again for you in in a sane voice. Okay. Really. Okay. You don't have to pay this money. Civil Code Section seventeen nineteen provides punishment and punitive damages. In order to collect the eight hundred dollars, they have to sue you. They need a judgment. You got it. Odds are they're not going to sue you for eight hundred bucks. It's expensive to do. So don't pay them that. You can call and offer to go on. What if what? What if they do? What if they sue you? They'll sue you in small claims court. And then the most they're going to get is $800. And you can call me and I'll coach you. See, punitive damages means you did it intentionally. You know, you bouncing checks and screwed them. You go into court, you say, Your Honor, I'm 42. I never bounced a check in my life. I pay my mortgage. I got a wife and kids. I, I work for an IT company. The judge is not going to look at you like a dog low life. He's not going to give them punitive damages. That's punishment for egregious acts. They're not going to get it, right? You are like Americans who are just the backbone of the country. You worry about your credit. You pay your taxes on time. You pay your bills. I, that, that's wonderful. There are so many people out there who don't pay, who are deadbeats, who don't pay child support, who don't pay bills, who don't file taxes. Don't worry about it, okay? Okay. All right? Thanks. So call them and compromise it. Tell them, you can tell them, you can approach it and be mean to them or be nice to them, whatever works for you the best. Don't worry about it. Be happy. All right? All right. Thanks, Len. Thanks. Did I make him more nervous than, than the collection agency? I was just trying to create good radio. You know, you're on the radio. You don't know. You're here. They're talking to yourself. It's the sound of one voice yammering. That's today's show. Goes fast when there are no commercials. What a pleasure. No news, no commercials, no promos. Just straight legal talk. We're giving you the calls. Now, remember, 
These are calls I've done before. They're new to you. Who can remember them? And as soon as the phone lines come in, we'll start taking calls. But in the meantime, stick with me. They're good calls. Just pretend they're fresh. You don't remember them anyway, right? Emails. We do emails. I'm still doing emails. I work with three lawyers here in Sonoma. We do trusts and estates. Medi-Cal planning, God forbid somebody's in a nursing home. I work with Jim Gagan, a super lawyer who gets good recoveries and personal injury. You got any of those problems? Email me. Call the office. Let me tell you my office number. That's working. 707-996-4505 or 800-996-4505. Or you can send me an email at lentillum.com. And we answer them for you. Here's Eddie. I'm trying to teach my 20-year-old son how to be responsible. He fronted rent money. He lent rent money to his friend, and the friend tells him, drop dead, I'm not giving it back to you. So my son says, I'm going to take this guy to small claims court. Should he do it? You know something, Eddie? He really should. Why not? Your son's going to win. The guy owes him the money. Here's the question with small claims court when you sue somebody, especially when kids sue each other. Yeah, you'll win, but how are you going to get paid? This young kid, what are you going to do? He's probably not working. You're going to garnish his salary? I don't know. You can you can put record a judgment against him. It'll earn your son 10%. Might be good for him to uh, go to small claims court. Who knows? Maybe he'll want to go to lawyer, to law school. Anyway, that's today's show. Plug me on iTunes. Give me some stars. Tell a friend. Help a friend learn how to download the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Len Tillum. Take care.